Hey church, we're so happy that we could be here today. Bless you for joining us for the service. Man, it's an awesome, awesome, awesome day. We love it. We love this season. Who loves the Christmas season? It's a time for joy. It's a time for giving. It's time for celebration. Lots of food and lots of sweets. Without guilt, without shame, without condemnation. This is the only time people feel free to just let go. So touch your neighbor and say, let go, let go. Be free, be free. It's going to be a good, good day. And so wherever you may be, uh, church, I just bless you today. And I pray that this revelation of God's word, uh, that you would begin to encounter this revelation in a fresh and new way. You know, Christmas is definitely uh, about the birth <coughs> of Christ and he is the reason for the season. But, you know, the funny thing about God is that every time you make it about him, he makes it about you. It's amazing. It's amazing. What an awesome God. Every time you give him glory, somehow that glory seems to come back to you as a crown upon your head. But during this, during this season, you know, everybody, there is one time and one celebration, one festival that everybody in the world seems to celebrate. I mean, wherever, whichever country you're in, the malls get lit up and Christmas carols are, uh, you know, it doesn't happen for any other uh, religion, but for, for Christmas, there's something universal about celebrating the birth of Jesus because he has made such an impact on humanity. He's such an awesome God. And so there's so many people around the world that are celebrating him uh, during this season and it is awesome we love it and so it's really good we're gonna we're gonna get into the word and and i love this message because um it, it's it's not only about christmas but we're gonna continue our series on the god element and today the title of my message is christ the savior christ the savior i'd love for you to open your bibles to matthew chapter one and i'm gonna try and blend in a christmas message and into the series uh, that we're, we're doing. And I need your faith to believe this word today. Okay, it's going to be awesome. Um, Matthew chapter 1 and uh, verse 18 says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. <laughs> I love how it's written. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the holy spirit then joseph her husband being a just man say just man he was not just a man he was a just man and not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly okay so he's not you must understand what, what is happening to Joseph. Joseph, when they say he's a just man, it means that he's justified by his works, which means he was obeying the law to the T and, and taking on, being betrothed to someone who's already pregnant out of wedlock, he's going to commit adultery, he's going to commit sin before God. And so because he didn't want to make her a public spectacle of her, he wanted to just divorce her, put her silent, away secretly so that she's not exposed, but also at the same time, He's not exposed. So the fear of man and the fear of religion, the religious spirit is quite, quite strong here. All right. It's not a perfect environment. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Very interesting. 
There's a whole teaching about this and I'll do this in uh, when, when we do the Ethereal uh, Life uh, 2.0. All right. But while he taught about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit you must understand this guy is is a Jew he has no understanding of the Holy Spirit but somehow things change from here verse 21 and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins wow that is very very interesting that's a that's a very interesting um take on what is jesus's call his mandate and his mission she will bring forth the son and you shall call his name jesus jesus the word the name jesus means salvation and literally he will save his people from their sins that's literally his mission. His, his name was his mission. So every time you say the word Jesus, you're actually saying salvation. And every time you say the word salvation, you're stepping into the finished work, the fulfillment of what Jesus did on the cross. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But his, his role, his responsibility coming from God was to save his people from their sins. Not from sin from their sins which means their sins was a lifestyle of sinning now we understand what sin is sin it means to miss the mark and and but it also means in hebrew uh, in greek it also means that a loss that is incurred because of missing the mark see a lot of times we understand what is this missing the mark brother we understand missing missing the mark of the standard of righteousness that god had and now Jesus is coming into the world and now this angel is telling Joseph this is what Jesus is going to do he's going to save people from experiencing losses because of missing the mark so which means inherently in humanity that all of hum humanity were missing the mark and they were experiencing losses and some was death, some destruction, some thieves, thieves come to steal, kill and destroy. You, you understand what I'm, what I'm talking about? But it is because inherently in the DNA of humanity, sin existed. And because of sin, now there's a separation from God. And because there's a separation from God, everything that God had planned for humanity was on pause. And everything that the energy of sin was manifesting in their life was in play until Jesus came. And so Jesus came, his purpose to come into the world was to save people. Christ the Savior, he came to save his people from their sins, from inherently missing the mark. So you must understand that there is a significance, ladies and gentlemen, to Christmas. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Have you, have you ever thought of that? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do we, we 
um, throw a party? Why do we, uh, you know, invite people home? Why do we make sweets? Why do we give gifts to one another? Why do we sing these Christmas carols only once a year? We don't sing them any other time of the year. But during this time of the year, somehow all these jingle bells and all that kind of stuff, silver, um, you know, silent night. I don't believe it was a silent night because there was a lot of worship going on, a lot of activity, spiritual activity was going on. But Jesus came to save people from their sins. The reason why you and I celebrate this season is because in God's mind, you were the beneficiary of Jesus coming to the world. Yep. You were the beneficiary. What was your benefit? One, you don't miss the mark. And second thing, you don't have any losses. Come on now, this is very powerful. You must understand that God's intention, God so loved the world that He gave His Son. That whoever believes in Him would not perish. Perishing is a loss, ladies and gentlemen, because of inherently missing the mark. We're sinners. We were sinners inherently. You did, not, you did not decide I'm going to sin. You must understand how, how powerful this is. From the time of Adam, the Bible says that the first Adam, when he sinned, sin entered into humanity. It entered into the human race. You must understand everyone since Adam, uh, sin began to compound. You would do a good work. You, can, you think, you know, I, I'm, I'm a sinner, I need to do good works to, uh, you know, just feel better to, to come out of this place. I, I, I just, before God, I need to look like I'm a good person. And so I need to do good works. And so people would do good works thinking that God is being pleased. But actually God sees the heart. God looks upon the heart. The heart communicates. Your conscience communicates to God something else rather than your actions. And so there were sacrifices and there were all these things that were happening and people were doing all of these things trying to appease this God so that they can receive a blessing once a year. But ladies and gentlemen, if you fulfilled all the laws but missed one, you missed all of them. It was a crazy time, you must understand. Inherently in humanity, even in their good works, you were communicating to God that you were still a sinner. You can go into the temple, you can worship God, light the incense, you, you can bring sacrifices, you do all of that, but only for some time will it make you righteous, but then eventually sin will creep back up again and then you would, you would eventually become and manifest sin. So the reason why we, we celebrate Christmas, really, we are, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, yeah, for sure, but what we're actually celebrating is the fact that Christ has saved us from sin, sickness, disease, destruction, and loss. That is why we throw a party. That is why we bless people with gifts. My goodness, I take a gift, man. You don't understand. Take a gift. I want to give you a gift. You don't understand. I received a gift. What's the gift? No more loss. No more missing the mark. No matter what I do, I will always hit the mark. That's why we celebrate. That's why we party. That's why we call our friends home and we throw a party. Biryani and whatever. 
cut the fatted lamb whatever you want to call it you however you want to you 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 want to celebrate it but it there has to be a celebration ladies and gentlemen how do you know it's just not the birth of a baby that happened 2000 years ago you must understand there is no significance to that there are many babies that were born 2000 years ago but there's something different about this baby and the and the impact that this baby had on humanity no more loss what a life what a life to live no more losses it's a prophetic word i declare over you that 2022 will be a year where you will cut your losses there will be no more losses there will be profit in jesus name come on but there are many people during this time that had encounters with angels you know mary being one of them uh, you know the wise men that came from from the east they wanted to know who is this king all of them had a revelation of what this king's purpose this baby's purpose was the wise men saw him as a king mary saw him as a son who had a purpose joseph had a he saw him as a as a son of god who had a purpose but there were these these guys who were in the the the, the fields looking after their flock they also had a revelation and it ties in with what i'm what i'm talking about christ the savior please understand that we're talking about this god element called christ who from the beginning of time is the fabric of life in everything you must understand god did not just love humanity that he sent his son god loved the world and the world means it includes everything that has the fabric how can god how can god make a commandment and say you shall love the lord your god okay and love your neighbor as yourself when he doesn't do it himself how can god create a commandment like that unless you understand that he really loves himself in everything that exists in the world see christ is the fabric that is in everything and that's why god so loved the world See you and I think that it's only about you and me. Hello. No, it's not. It's about God loving Christ in the world so much that he sent he sent the manifestation it was a time of the manifestation of Christ so that everyone who believes it listen to me ladies and gentlemen all of creation is longing for you and I to step into our sonship so that they can become free. See if the sons are free the sons are saved the sons are not having losses then all of creation will not have losses you and i play a very significant role in it but i want to take you to um, luke chapter 2 i want to bring some uh, clarity to the purpose of who these shepherds were all right there's a lot a lot of speculation about them but i want to communicate to you from a historical sense all right uh luke chapter 2 and we'll read from verse 8 and says this now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields okay keeping watch over their flock by night and behold an angel of the lord stood before them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid 
Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Come on now. Good tidings of great joy. I've got, I've got a new, I've got some news for you, and this news is going to make you full. You're going to experience joy. Come on now. What is it? What is it? Who are these guys? Who are these guys? I mean, there were so many shepherds in Israel during that time. Why does the angel need to come to these guys? What is significant about these shepherd, shepherds in their fields looking after their flock? What is their flock? Who is their flock? What is it? Is it symbolic? Is it, is it, is it something that, that we need to look deeper into? Unless we understand through the Jewish text who these guys really are. I'm going to continue reading. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Not just for you, it's for all people. Now, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Wow! Amazing. We're, we're on a series called The God Element and we're talking about Christ. Here he's saying, the angel is saying, for there is born to you this day. In the city of David, a Savior. For there is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Please read it again with me. For there is born to you this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Look, when we read through the, through the Bible, we see people who had a Savior characteristic about them. He, they had the manifestations of a Savior, like David, for example, was a Savior. Joshua was a savior. Moses was a savior. Abraham was a savior. Saved people. This was just a foreshadow of the manifestation of the savior to come. Every time God rescued people, he sent a savior. But all those saviors that we read through the scripture couldn't do what this Savior did. Because this Savior has the ability to save you for eternity. Those Saviors in the Old Testament would save you for a moment, but then because of inherent sin, you would automatically go back into slavery. Because you did not know any better. There's something significant about this Savior. And so now he says, and this will be a, the sign to you. You will find a babe, wow, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Verse 15 says this. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. Which means it's not just what the angel said. They've heard about this thing that's going to happen. But now they've received the sign that it's come. And this is the sign. The babe that is in swaddling clothes 
in a manger which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now, when... I was studying the scripture I was I was curious how do shepherds have a voice in the city when most of the time they're outside the city it's a good point shepherds are with their flock they don't hang around with people they're always out they how do these shepherds have an influence in a city where people now begin to listen and believe and rejoice and what they say hey an angel came and met us angels came and they sang glory hallelujah and they said there's a babe lying in swaddling clothes in a manger and everybody rejoices unless you understand who these shepherds are ladies and gentlemen i went to do the mishnah and the mishnah is a jewish book uh, that is um uh that is the authority is the the, the most most ancient uh, authority of Jewish law that the uh, that the rabbi the sages used to practice so they whatever they used to practice was recorded in this book uh, it was passed down from generation recorded in this book and now we, we find out who these guys were now this is not a story about Jesus this is Jewish law this is Jewish practices okay and these shepherds were Jews Okay, now you must understand that outside of the city during the time of Jesus' birth was the time when um, the, the, it was the sacrifices of the lambs that was taking place. It was the festival during that season and these shepherds had to guard their flock 24 hours a day, 7 days a week so that nothing would happen to those flock. To those to those lambs because those lambs were what was used for the sacrifices in the temple the next day so these shepherds were not just shepherds they were actually priests in the temple that used to sacrifice those lambs that they were protecting the previous night so they are to protect the, the flock from getting bruised, from getting, you know, uh, dirty, from because you cannot have something with spots or blemishes. They had to be perfect. And so that's why you, they would wrap the lamb in swaddling clothes so that it wouldn't get dirty, so that it, it would be spotless because they were out in the fields. You must understand the reason why they were out in the fields is because it was... According to Jewish custom, it would defile the temple by what the lambs would do. So if they would relieve themselves in the temple, it's a desecration of the temple. It's a defilement of the temple. And they had had so many laws that they had to go through in order to sanctify that area. So what they did was they took the priests, some of the priests, and they gave them some duty. And those priests now had to go and stay with the lambs in in the wilderness, in the mountains. And that's where the angel comes. It is to the priests that the angel comes. Why to those priests? Because those priests were sacrificing the lambs and they came to announce to the priests the end of all sacrifices. 
Because unto you a child is born. And he is your savior. He has come to save the world. Joseph gets the same prophetic word in a different expression. But the priests get a prophetic word according to what they know. They know smelly sheep. They know lambs that can relieve themselves and desecrate things and they can dirty themselves and 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 tomorrow when they go in for the sacrifice when the priest looks at it they they'll and the person cannot put lay their sins upon that because they are already dirty and so these priests these priests had to look after they had to maintain these 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 lambs for the sacrifice and then the angel comes to him and says hey listen i've come to you with an announcement for unto us a child is born they came to announce that from this day onwards you don't need to sacrifice these lambs from this day on there's only one sacrifice that's needed and he has come with one purpose in mind and that is to save his people from their sins. What an amazing amazing moment. We love every moment where God encounters people but you must understand these these shepherds were not just doing anything. They were not just like okay this is my shepherding job and I'm just doing it. No, no. There was a significance to why God would visit wise men from the east. We live in the Middle East. how these guys found out about a baby being born without internet telephone television no celebration in a manger bringing gifts for a king has to be god there's a significance and here we see and this will be a, the sign to you you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger that manger was used to put food in so that the animals could eat from it and jesus comes out and he says i am the bread of life eat my flesh drink my blood whoever eats my flesh will live and have everlasting life You must understand everything that happens in scripture is is not is not a coincidence it was planned to perfection because the beneficiary of all of it is you and me we're celebrating Christ the savior ladies and gentlemen church there were two energies that was compounding from the beginning of time i believe that time began when man fell till then man wasn't in time there was no need of time because man would live forever but sin caused a clock to start called time but even before time There was an energy called Christ that was the fabric of life. He's the one who gave life to everything. He's the one who sustained life. And 
Along with it came another energy called sin. And through the years, ladies and gentlemen, whoever obeyed one of these energies allowed that energy to compound into a greater manifestation. For example, if if people sinned, if sin entered into the DNA of humanity, the more people live their life just normally, they would just sin, they would do things, they would just constantly, they don't know that they're doing something wrong, but to God, they were doing something wrong. They were separated from God. They were hiding from God. But then there's also another group of people who were engaging with the Christ element, with the God element. And the more they engage with that God element, the, the greater the manifestation of Christ through the ages. That's why we see saviors in the form of Abraham, Moses, Isaac, Jacob, David, Samuel. You see it, Jonathan. They are all people who demonstrated or manifested in, in, in the energy of Christ by engaging with it. So through the ages, you see a parallel of sin compounding and Christ also compounding. So which means, the, 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 you understand, the, 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 the solution to the problem was always there. But it needed the right time. It needed sin to be fully compounded in order for Christ to be manifested. You must understand that before the book of Matthew, there's 400 years of silence where nobody heard God's voice. Why? <laughs> because sin needed to be compounded. Sin needed to mature, to come to its full potential. But you must understand, where was sin being compounded? You must understand that when sin compounds, it, 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 it comes to a place where destruction and loss is a natural thing for it. Judgment is natural for it. And God allowed sin to compound because he knew that Christ was also compounding. And you must see this really carefully. Sin was compounding in humanity, not in animals, not in fish, not in birds, not in the air, not in the elements. It was compounding only in humanity. And eventually it would have come to a point where just like the, the book of Genesis chapter 6, where judgment, there was so much of sin where God regretted creating humanity and he, he, his spirit couldn't strive with man anymore that the flood came. It's sin that compounded to judgment. Must understand that all of this was happening in the human race. That's why God chose to become a man. <laughs> he could have been God and come and saved everybody. But he wouldn't have saved you from the compounded nature of sin. Look, I want to take you to Romans <clears throat> chapter 8. I want to 
just read one verse for you but I'll come back to the first one I want to read verse 3 it says this for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh god did by sending his own son look at this in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin he condemned sin where in the flesh i hope you understand how amazing this is sin was compounding in humanity the more the human race spread the sin started compounding getting greater and greater and greater and greater it came to a point ladies and gentlemen that the fullness of time meant that sin would have been judged in the human race but god is so merciful he is so loving that from even before time began he created the solution called christ that parallelly as sin was compounding christ was also compounding it is so good so good the word became flesh when did the word become flesh ladies and gentlemen when sin was at its full maturity god sent his son into the world come on to become sinful flesh jesus became sinful flesh so that god could judge sin in the body of jesus come on now this completely gives us an awesome meaning for christmas it completely changes why we celebrate and you and i escaped we missed it even though it happened 2000 years ago it should have been us we should have been judged we sin was in this flesh we should have been what the ones paying the price but his love is so great that from the beginning even before the time began he released this element of Christ and he compounded Christ to when sin was at its fullest Christ came into the world he manifested his father now is the time and he came into the world and he came as sinful flesh so that god can judge sin in his body come on man that's powerful not in your body his body wow that's why the shepherds were so happy they were like we get it no more sacrifices no more will we will we we do good works and and feel a little better and we're like in a good place with god no more from this moment on when you receive when you come into this place of acknowledging what christ has done for you and you embrace him as your lord and savior when you do that when you embrace christ into your heart when you receive the holy spirit when you receive that when you receive an impartation of his gifts his nature his character his ability his grace into your life ladies and gentlemen everything you do is not a sin anymore everything you do leads you only into 
righteousness. Compounded righteousness. We live from the fulfillment of the commandments now. What does that mean? It means that now from this moment on, everything that I do, like I'm moving my hand like that, righteousness is being compounded into my life. Come on, man. I'm, I come to church. My attendance in life group compounds righteousness, compounds blessing. There is no compounding of sin anymore. It is only compounding of Christ. It's only compounding of righteousness, compounding of blessings in my life. Come on. So good. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love how God speaks to us and encourages us around his word. I love how he gives us revelation and says, I've I've done so much for you that you don't know. Why are you living such a meager Christian life? Why are you living such an inspirational life? Today you are inspired, tomorrow you are perspired. But how about leaving that aside and living from the fulfillment of what Christ has done for you? Christ the Savior, He came to save you. He rescued you. He, ladies and gentlemen, God so loved the world, not just humanity. He rescued, He made the provision of, of, of salvation to anyone who calls upon His name. Anyone. Doesn't matter what religion you are. The minute you call upon His name, you are saved. That's what the Bible says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. What does that mean? It means that you experience salvation, joy, life. Salvation, you experience salvation. Salvation from destruction. Salvation from your body experiencing sickness, sin, disease. You know, salvation, you're healed, perfect health. Your provision, God provide, begins to provide for you. He begins to say, okay, fine. That old man is dead. Now this new man belongs to me. I'm going to take care of you. It's amazing what we have received as a gift for Christmas. No longer, no longer do we need to feel guilty in order to pray. We pray because there is no guilt. There is no condemnation. Romans chapter 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are where? In Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for you. There is nothing, there is no voice on the inside of you that is condemning you. You did not do this, you did not do that, you did not give your tithes, you did not pray, you did not read your Bible. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, everything now is of God. The Bible says all things are of God, which means you're going to office, guess what? That's worship to God. You open your eyes when you wake up in the morning, it's worship to God. You say, you you, you open your Bible and say, bonus! Come on now! It's a bonus. You get the privilege to look at the scriptures without sin. What, a, what an awesome opportunity. You're not looking at the scriptures as a, as, a, as, a, as a being that is like worthless. You're looking at the scripture now as a king. Wow. I'm a prince in the kingdom of God. I'm a son of God. Wow. I carry God-like characteristics on the inside of me. And I'm looking at the scripture that Jesus is. I'm looking at who I am becoming. This is, this is what Christmas is all about. This is the opportunity that people who don't know Christ and what he has done for you, for them, 
This is an opportunity for them to experience it in your life. How would they know if you don't show them? See, a lot of people tell them, but they don't show them. That's why they need to come to your house. That's why they need to hang out with you. Not just for 10 minutes. Spend time, brother, time. Time reveals the truth. When you spend time with a person, you get to know all the sides. <laughs> but I'm believing that if you're part of Life Church Global, you're watching this service today, that the only thing that people will see in you is Christ their Savior. So today, church, I just want to bless you with that word. I want to declare over you that you will begin to experience the salvation that Christ has come to give you. Today, I just anoint you for this Christmas season that every person that, are, that encounters you will encounter Christ, their Savior. I just want to pray for you right now. Father, we just pray a blessing over every single person that is watching the service today. Father, we declare your love upon them. This Christmas season, no one will feel alone. No one will feel empty, God, but they will experience the nearness of your presence. Lord, we just declare right now that Christ in them will begin to cry out, Abba, Father, to you God and I pray right now that every person will begin to experience the the profits that come from being right with you. No more losses, I declare, over our church and over people. No more losses. This is not a year for losses, but this is a year for abundance. And abundance, the river of abundance will flow from their lives. In Jesus' name. Bless you, church. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you next week. God bless. Bye-bye.